right, everybody, welcome to the third episode of the podcast. Let's just jump right into it. So, spring break. Spring break is one of those things people love to use for their escapism from reality. You know, it's a perfect way to just take a break from the harsh realities of what it is when you're somebody who's in school. You know, for college students, spring break is, you know, that's that time to go to Miami and turn up or go to Cancun or go to Jamaica. Or, you know, if you have that kind of money, go skiing in the Alps. You know, just different kind of experiences. Um, You know, I never really quite had a real spring break when I was in college. I think I said this in the first podcast, but, you know, I always went and I visited my grandma on spring break or I was coaching my competition team. So those are the two things I was normally doing. But can we backtrack and talk about what spring break meant when you were in high school? High school, spring break was that week that you got to sleep in. You got to chill, you got to kick it, you got to lay around all day. You know, your teachers would probably give you some homework to do over the break, and you'd be done with it after the second day. So you really just had, you know, a a time period to kind of just chill and kick it. So I must tell you about my experience having to stay at what I like to call the mushroom farm. Now let me set the scene. So it's my sophomore year of high school, and it's about a week before spring break. And at this stage in life, things were going really great. You know, I was coming into my own as a teenager. You know, my social life was good. Some of my friends were starting to drive, which meant that we could go to places that we couldn't go to before because now people have a driver's license. You know, the year before, people had a permit. Now, we're, you know, we on the road. We getting it in. Now, I had a car at the time, too, as well. However, when my father bought my car, he made sure that I understood I would not be driving it for two whole years because he wanted me to appreciate having the car. So, you know, I'd have to walk past my car every day to the bus stop. But, you know, life was just really good at this point. Now, also at this time, it was a very unique setup at the household because my father's job had him living in Alaska. So he was back and forth between Anchorage and Fairbanks. And my mother, my brother, and I, you know, we stayed at the house in Washington State. So this was a really interesting time because... The main disciplinarian was not living in the house. This meant that I could cut up just a bit, but not too much, because don't be fooled, my mother could still turn into G.I. Jane in a snap of a finger. One time I said something smart to her, and she flipped me over the coffee table. Now, I'm not going to tell you how old I was when that happened, but it happened not too far from my sophomore year of high school. But anyway, so I'm in the house one day, and my mom calls me up to her room, and she's like, you know what? I just want you to know, I'm going to Alaska to go see my man. Like, it's the funniest thing, because she always calls my dad, like, my man, that's her man. So she was like, I'm going to go see my man while you're going for spring break. And so instantly in my head, I was like, oh, this is awesome. This means dad's in Alaska, mom's going to be in Alaska. You know, I mean, my brother will still be there, but, you know, they'll probably actually just have him stay at the neighbor's house and let me stay at the house by myself. Which would be perfect because, you know, now I could have company and I didn't have to worry about my mom or my dad trying to be all in my business. Like one thing my mom used to always do, if I ever had a girl in the house, she really low-key had these little monitors, kind of like a baby monitor. It wasn't a baby monitor. It was some kind of monitor. And like I would have to turn it on whenever there was a girl in the house because my room was downstairs and everything else was upstairs, like the kitchen, the, the living room, their room. So if there ever was a girl at the house. Had to turn the monitor on so she could hear what was going on. Because she was like, I don't want no grandbabies in my boy. Not going to be da-da-da-da-da. And now she's pressuring me to have some grandkids. She wants some grandkids bad. And I'm looking at her like, see, had you just let me do and make the mistakes I was trying to make when I was 15, 16, 17, you might have had some teenage grandchildren now. They could have been helping you clean the house. You're lost. See, you don't think long-term at all. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, this was just a really great time because it also meant that curfew. I didn't even have to worry about it no more. Because at the time, my curfew was like 10 o'clock. I think on weekdays and maybe 10.45 on the weekend, which was kind of over the top. Like, I couldn't do nothing. And mind you, I told you before, we lived in Spanaway, Washington. There wasn't a whole lot of trouble you could get into. 
you know, this wasn't an area where a lot of things went down. I mean, there were deer walking on the street. You know, we were by a mountain. There was a pond by the house. There were lots of trees and farmland. Ain't nothing to do out there. But, you know, but they insisted that I be home at the time that they said be home. And this sucked because my friends would never want to be the ones who had to give me a ride anywhere. Because they knew if we were all at some kind of gathering or a party or anything, everybody knew if you were the person who drove Michael... That means you're probably going to have to leave early to take him home because his mama or his daddy going to be tripping in a few minutes. So I, nobody ever wanted to take me nowhere. And it didn't help that my parents did not believe in driving me anywhere. Some people have those parents that are like, you know, I'll take you there, but you need to find a way to get back. Or, you know, find a way to get there. I'll come pick you up. I, I didn't get either option. It was, no, we're not driving. So call one of your friends and have them take you. And you better be home on time. So the idea of them being in Alaska together sounded so wonderful i i just had this dream spring break it was gonna be the best nine days ever so when my mom told me she was going to alaska immediately i'm like okay let me not overreact in front of her let me play this real cool okay mom yeah no worries you know i'll make sure the house is clean and you know i'll probably just be here you know catching up on my homework and stuff you know marcus would be fine and you know at the time i was 15 or 16 and i think marcus marcus had to be eight or nine we're about seven years apart so yeah he was probably eight or nine and my mom was like, oh, no, don't worry. The house will be clean and everything will be well put together because you're not going to be at the house either. And I'm looking at her like, well, what do you mean? Because I know she don't think I'm about to go to Alaska. And I certainly don't want to go there. And she was like, oh, no, I'm about to have you stay with my co-worker, Mr. Sam. And I was like, wait, record stop. I'm staying with who? And I've never met Sam in my life. I don't even know who she's talking about. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, Mom, why don't you just let me stay with one of my friends? I think I probably told her that, too. Like, you know, I got a couple of friends I could stay with for nine days. Their parents would be cool with it. Why don't you just call them? Nope, I'm not doing it. I already told you. I done already called him. Well, you going to Mr. Sam's house. And then I was thinking, like, well, you already have this high-tech neighborhood surveillance system that you and Dad have created. Because there was, like, five or six black families that lived in my neighborhood. And my parents were friends with all of them. And it was cool, but it was also very annoying because they were the extra eyes for my parents all the time. Remember how I told you I wasn't able to drive my car for two years? One of those times, both of my parents were out somewhere. Maybe they went on vacation somewhere for like a few days. And so I remember there was a homecoming football game. I didn't have a ride. I just tried to take my car. When I tell you I didn't even get down the hill good before that neighbor called my phone like, where you going? Like, damn. Okay. So, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe I can just stay with one of the little surveillance neighbors. I should be good. You know, or, you know, I figured they would let me, my mom would just let me stay at the house and the neighbor would just check in on me. And maybe my little brother would stay at the neighbor's house and that might make more sense. But my mom was like, no, you, 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 you're going to stay with Mr. Sam. And I'm going to tell you why, because you keep getting in trouble and you're disrespectful. So now I'm watching my dream spring break utopian extravaganza fall apart already. And, you know, at the time, my mom was really convinced that I was like an out-of-control teen, just disrespectful, because I kept getting in trouble for small things. Not any big trouble. Like, I wasn't getting in any fights or nothing in school like that. But I was like, it was small things. Like, one time, okay, don't judge. But just remember, as I'm telling you this story, this is the 15 and 16-year-old me talking. One time, my mom had cut her hair or something like that, and she didn't like her haircut. And I don't remember what I did, but she cussed me out about something. And so I called her a bald-headed hoe. But I didn't say it to her face. Like, I was kind of a punk when my parents were fussing me or something. Like, if my mom cussed me out in the kitchen about something, I would leave the kitchen, go down the hallway, go down the stairs, go down the next set of stairs, go through the den, take a left, go into my room, close the door, walk all the way to the back corner, and then talk my trash. Because I didn't want them to hear Because I knew, you know, I like my teeth and stuff. And so, I don't know. I, she said something to me. So I, I did my little routine. I didn't make it to my room, though. I said what I said, and my brother must have heard. He's, ooh. I'm telling mom. I'm like, tell her. 
I didn't really want him to go tell her, but you know, I had to bluff and, you know, toughen up like I was about it, about it. Then this fool still went and told, Mom, guess what Michael just said? Like, my brother used to love when I got in trouble because I didn't really get in trouble a lot in comparison to how much he used to get in trouble when we were little. And she's like, what? He's like, he called you a bald-headed hoe. And she's like, what? And mind you, that language is almost so foreign to her because my mother doesn't use profanity. I know I always say that she cusses us out, but my definition of getting cussed out by her is just getting yelled at. She doesn't really cuss or anything like that. Even when the neighbor's truck crashed into our house and and went through the computer room, she didn't even cuss then. So for for her, this was real foreign. And she's, what did you just say? I said he called you a bald-headed hoe. And, I, oh, I, and, I, and mind you, I could hear it happening because I didn't make it to my room. And I'm kind of listening by the stairs. I was like, damn, Marcus. Oh. But anyway, so I got in trouble for that. And then my mom had just got me a cell phone that week, I think, or the week before. And it got stolen the first day I had it. So she was already cussing me out about that. Then I got more trouble at school because we were having some kind of event at school. And it required me to put the fog machine in the library because we were turning the library into like some kind of haunted house thing. I forgot what the event was. It wasn't Halloween, though. It was something else. And I forgot that I left the fog machine on too long while we were setting up and decorating the hallways and stuff out there. And the fog machine set the fire alarm off. And when the principal walked down the hall and looked and she saw the fog coming out the library, she thought the library was actually on fire. So she was getting ready to go and call 911. And so I had to tell her, like, oh, no, it's it's the fog machine. I... Um, somebody left it on too long. You know, I try to pretend it wasn't me. And you know, everybody else in the group, yeah, Michael left it on. Dang. Then there was the phone call home for that. So between that and, and what I called my mom and the cell phone and the fact that I got in trouble because I said my math teacher looked like he had Down syndrome. Mind you, I didn't say it to his face. I don't even remember how it got back to him, but I got in trouble for that stuff too. So it was a bunch of like small things I kept getting in trouble for. So my mom was like, no. You will not be staying at the house by yourself because you're disrespectful, you're irresponsible, you don't make wise choices, and you continue to do stupid things. So since you want to be stupid, I'm going to make sure you stay at somebody's house that's going to make sure that you behave. Because you're going to be far away from your friends, you're not going to be doing nothing crazy out there, you're going to stay with Mr. Sam. And Marcus will be there with you too so you can watch him. Boy, when I tell you I was livid. Oh, I was livid. I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Like, I was so mad. (laughs) Anyway. Let me tell you about Mr. Sam. Now, actually, I actually have no personal problem with Mr. Sam. Sam was actually really cool. The problem was Sam and I were just cut from a different cloth. We were just real, real different with our experiences in life. First of all, Sam, to me, he kind of favors... I don't know who he looks like. I, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, I'll say this. Sam was probably in his 60s, you know, 60-year-old white man, bald at the top, hair still on the sides. You know, he was the kind of person to probably wear, like, sandals and khaki shorts and a Hawaiian shirt buttoned up and tucked in. That was kind of his vibe. And so, pretty much, Sam reminded me of Hank Hill from King of the Hill. That's one of my favorite shows, by the way. I absolutely love that show. But, you know, he, he was really like Hank Hill as far as his personality, like, up to a T. And so, that was Sam. So, after a few failed missions to change my mother's mind... I mean, I was cleaning that house like nobody's business and doing extra stuff more than what I normally had to do. You know, I was getting the Windex to the sliding door and, you know, I was playing gospel music, you know, just pretending I was a little bit more in touch with the Lord. I was trying to do any and everything to make my mother understand I'm responsible. You can trust me to stay home by myself for nine days. Nothing's going to happen. No, she wasn't having it. So, yes, I still ended up having to go to Mr. Sam's house. And so when it was finally time to go... Um, you know, Sam actually came and picked me up because my mom, like, she doesn't like to drive nowhere. She drives to work, to church, and to the few little stores that she knows. 
Sam lived about maybe 30 minutes away from where I lived. Like, he lived out in Lacey, Washington, which is close to Olympia, the capital. And Olympia, I want to say, is maybe 15, 20 minutes from Tacoma. And Tacoma is probably another 25, 30, 35 minutes from Seattle, depending on traffic. And so we, Sam was a little bit out there. So Sam pulls up to the house in his truck. And my little brother is excited to go for some reason. Like, I, I don't even know where that came from because he never met Sam either. But my brother was ready. He had his little backpack. Little action figures, he was set. Me, I was taking my precious time getting to the truck because I'm just sitting here pondering, man, this was supposed to be such a good spring break. Where am I going? I don't even know this guy. And it was almost like you could hear the doomsday music in the background, the dun 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 And so I'm getting in the car. You know, so I tell my mom goodbye and everything, because you know, she's going to the airport and about to go see her man. And so I'm in the truck with Sam. And at the time, ZZ Tops, which is this really legendary rock group from the 70s and 80s, they had just been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Sam had the greatest hits from ZZ Tops. And when I tell you we listened to that ZZ Tops all the way to the house, and he was excited. He was telling me all about the band, and I didn't really know their music. I knew what they looked like. I just knew they had the really, really long beards. Because I used to see, like, when VH1 would do those specials, they were always on them. You know, when they would have the... 40 greatest rock and roll, blah, 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 blah. They would always be on there. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And Sam's excited. He's talking about ZZ Tops and how they were this. And it's, you know, you got to hear this part. Yo, listen to this part. I'm going to turn this part up. <sighs> okay, all right, okay, man. I wonder if my friends feel this way when I always try to play the Michael and Janet concerts when they come over. This is probably what it feels like for them. All right. So anyway, we're driving, and, and, and I've never, I don't even remember ever being to Lacey before, which is not even that far. Lacey's really just down the street from where I live, but at the time, it seemed so far away. And as we're getting closer to his house, there's just this really, really foul odor. It smells terrible. And I'm like, what is that? And my brother's like, oh, I think somebody farted in the car. And Sam was like, no, actually, that's the mushroom farms. There's a lot of mushroom farms over here. I said, huh? Mushroom farms, like listen, I, I I guess you do. I guess you grow farms on a mushroom or mushrooms on a farm, but I didn't know they had that kind of smell. The smell was kind of like if you ever drive past a water processing plant, same kind of smell. I was like, okay, and that smell, like as we got closer to the house, it got stronger and stronger. So even when we got to the man's house, mind you, he doesn't live on a mushroom farm. The mushroom farm is probably ten minutes from his house, but the smell just continued to linger. So I was like, oh, here we go again. This, every time, my mom always got me caught up in some nonsense. And so I'm already processing, like, man, this is about to be a long nine days. A really long nine days. You know, all my friends about to be having these house parties and everything. I'm about to be sitting out here in the middle of nowhere, smelling up whatever this is. I, so we get to the house. And, and Sam has a really nice house, by the way. You know, his wife has done that whole Martha Stewart decor thing. So everything is all super nice. But at the time, his wife was not going to be there. She was out of town. I think she was in Korea. So it was just going to be Sam and me and my brother. And, you know, he's showing us around. He's like, you know, Marcus, this is going to be your room. And Michael, you're going to be in that room. Go ahead. You can put your stuff down. And mind you, it's nighttime. It's, it's probably 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And so, you know, I'm walking. And I go to the room. And I start opening the door. And I just hear, I'm like, huh? And I open the door. Turn on the light. There's this big old giant dog sitting on the bed. And this is weird because usually, like, if the owner comes home, the people's dogs usually come to greet them. You know, they run and jump. Not this dog. This dog didn't want to move off the bed. So I'm looking at it. And it's... I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, Sam, there's a dog on the bed. Um, is this my room? 
and he comes out there, oh, <laughs> you found Gertie's favorite spot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, yo, here we go. And I'm like, uh, oh, and, you know, so he goes, yo, Gertie, move, move, Gertie, move, move, move. And so, you know, Gertie moves out the way. Yeah, that's Gertie's favorite spot. She likes to lay there when my wife is gone. <laughs> And so I'm thinking, wait a minute, so the dog has just been laying there all day. Like, you're not going to give me, like, some new sheets? Because I don't know how old or how long the dog has been laying there and if you put some new sheets down. But I don't want to be laying on a pillow with dog nuts on it. Even though Gertie was a girl, I don't care. It probably had dog nuts anyway. Dogs, I don't know, at least that dog. It was a hound dog. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a tree hugger. I'm the biggest animal lover out there. Like, in the future, I would love to go and visit, like, the elephant reservation and all that kind of stuff. But there are some instances where it's just like, I need there to be a few boundaries set. Because dogs are really cool, but dogs also carry a lot of things. And I don't want to put my face and sleep in that pillow for eight hours rolling around and Lord knows what they brought in from outside. Now, I didn't want to be rude and disrespectful to this guy who was nice enough to let me and my brother stay at his house for nine days. So I didn't make a big hoopla about him changing, like, the pillowcase or nothing. I really just asked, oh, you know, where's the towels? I'm going to do a shower. And then I just used the towel and put that on the pillow um, case because I didn't want to be rude. See, I could be diplomatic when it was time to be because I had to think long term because, you know, summer was coming up. And I'm sure my mother was going to be going back to visit him at some point. So I didn't want to have to come back to this place again. So I needed to be as unproblematic as possible. So, yes, let me lay on the the dog pillow with a, a towel and call it a day. Now, those first two or three nights, I had a really hard time falling asleep because, you know, I would lay down, but my mind would just race. So it took me forever to nod off. On top of the fact that Gertie was kind of low-key pissed that I took her bed. And so Gertie would still be in the room with me while I was asleep. Like, Gertie would be trying to climb on the bed every now and then. And then she would lay on the side and do whatever Gertie was doing. But my mind would race. It's kind of like when you know you got to get up early for work, but you can't sleep. And it's already 2 or 3 in the morning. And you're, you know, you're laying there with your eyes closed, but your mind is still racing. And you're thinking about all this random stuff like, hmm, I think I want to get fluorescent lights in my kitchen when I buy my house. Yeah, when I buy a house, I want fluorescent lights in the kitchen. Speaking of lights, I wonder what happened to those Christmas lights my grandma used to put on the tree. Because they don't make those anymore. Yeah, those were like those big old 1991 Christmas lights. Those were the ones that used to set the Christmas trees on fire. Speaking of fire, I really hope it rains this summer. Because, man, if we got to go through another water sanctioning situation because they got to save the water to fight the forest fires, I'm going to be real pissed off. Forest fires. Yeah, Smokey the Bear had the best commercials back in the day. Back in the day when I was young and not a kid anymore. Like, you know, you just <laughs> have the most random thoughts. So during those weekdays, Sam had asked, like, hey, do you guys want to come to work with me? Or you guys, you know, you have a choice. You can come to work with me or you can stay at the house. And I'm thinking, like, well, you and my mom kind of do the same work. And she works in those boring warehouses. Ain't nobody trying to sit in there for no eight hours. So I'm good. Oh, you know, I'll just stay here. It's fine. I have homework to do. So much work to do. I'm real busy. <laughs> <sighs> And so, you know, Sam would leave me and Marcus at the house because Marcus didn't want to go either because Marcus and Gertie got along so well. I mean, Marcus and Gertie kicked it. That dog loved my brother. The two of them just had a ball. And I was getting kind of pissed because I really liked dogs, but Gertie just wasn't checking for me. The only time Gertie was around me was when I was laying in her bed. And I swear it was more of a territorial thing. Gertie more so just standing there watching me, letting me know, yo, you're in my spot and this is my territory. So I just want you to know you need to sleep with one eye open because I just might bite off one of your toes, ho. Like, that's what it felt like to me. So while Sam was at work, there was really nothing to do. Like, Sam didn't really have a computer. And the one computer he did have, it was dial-up. But his computer had a password on it, so we couldn't get on that. And this is before cell phones really had data. And you couldn't really call friends because this is when you still had to wait till 7 or 9 p.m. to talk to your friends. And my parents were cheap. They only put about 150 minutes on my phone for the month. 
So that meant after one or two really good conversations, you were done talking for the month until after 9 p.m. <laughs> and then on, on top of that, you couldn't text either because texting was 10 cent. <laughs> I remember this girl, Jamaica, from high school, randomly sent a text message from my phone to somebody else. And so the phone bill came and my dad was, what, what is this 10 cent for? What is this? My petty behind, when I tell you I took that bill to school, it was like, Jamaica, you owe me 10 cent because I got cussed out because of your ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> give me my 10 cent. But anyway, so, you know, there wasn't going to be a lot of talking on the phone or texting. So really, it was just like being on a planet by yourself. So when I tell you, I probably watched TV all day. I probably watched every court show you could name. Judge Joe Brown, Judge Mathis, Judge Judy, the People's Court. Then you watch the trash TV shows like Mari and I think Sally Jesse Raphael was still coming on TV at the time. And the worst part is that randomly that whiff from the mushroom farm would just magically find its way to the house. You'd be chilling you know, in your zone, finally in a good mood, out of nowhere, the whole house just starts smelling terrible. And I don't know, I never knew mushrooms could smell bad. So, you know, it would be maybe the wind or something blue, and it would just make that smell just saturate all throughout the house. And don't even think about trying to walk dirty, because you're really going to smell it then. So, fortunately, Sam had a really, really big backyard. So, man, I tell you, I would open that back door and let Gertie run out there and close that door as quick as possible, hoping that would kind of not make the smell come in the house even more entertainment at his finest oh now let me talk about dinner sam loved barbecue he was from kansas city he really went hard for barbecue now listen i like barbecue as well but not as much as mr sam liked barbecue i mean he found this spot that we used to go to it was this random it looked like a house but it was a restaurant and the first one we pulled up you know when you're a teenager all you appreciate are franchise restaurants so i was like this isn't applebee's this isn't ruby tuesday this ain't sizzler this, this ain't Olive Garden. What is this? I'm looking at somebody's hole in the wall house. I know you don't think I'm eating here. Which is so funny because now a lot of my favorite restaurants in D.C. are a bunch of hole in the wall mom and pop type shops. I stay eating up in all of those places. The, usually if the, the more raggedy looking the building, the more likely I'm probably going to go over there and eat it. And just take some Pepto <laughs> when I get home. So we eat at this barbecue restaurant, and you know, my brother's stuffing his face, I'm stuffing my face, Sam's stuffing his face, and I'm like, okay, finally, Sam got something right here. But then there was a problem. We probably had barbecue for six out of them nine days. When I tell you I was so sick of ribs, I was sick of hot dogs, I was sick of burgers, I was sick of chicken, like, damn, are we gonna eat anything else? Literally, that's all we ate was barbecue this, barbecue that. And, And the funny part would be that... Whatever we didn't eat from the night before somehow turned into breakfast and lunch. The worst thing, I remember one of them days, I woke up and he's like, oh, well, I'm on my way to work, but I made some ribicue sandwiches for you guys to eat when you guys get hungry for lunch. I said, ribicue sandwiches? And what he did was the leftover ribs from whatever restaurant we went to, because there was two barbecue restaurants we kept going to, the one that looked like a house and some other little takeout spot. And he pretty much just cut the meat off the slab of the ribs and put them in some sandwiches. And I'm like, yo, I, I really... I never thought I'd see the day where I complain about barbecue, but man, I was so tired of eating ribs, and I was so tired of the taste of charred anything. Just, God, can't we just go get some seafood? Can can I get some, I don't want to be stereotypical, but can we get some fried chicken, please? And then when you take into account the fact that the smell from that mushroom farm would randomly hit the house at random moments, your stomach would just almost turn with the thought of ribs and, and that, that mushroom smell combination. I was just like, this is... This is too much. But then I remember there was one day, and Sam was like, hey, guys, we should go to the mall. You guys want to go to the mall? And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, the mall. You know, the mall's cool. The mall's a big hangout spot. He's like, yeah, you know, we can go to uh, T- Tacoma Mall. Wait wait a minute. Did, did, did he just say Tacoma Mall? Tacoma Mall is the mall that all my friends go to. 
everybody who's somebody that I know goes there. And it's going to be the weekend, which means it's going to be packed. And if Sam is anything like I think he is, he's probably that kind of person that makes us stay together at the mall. And if he's wearing that Hawaiian shirt with them khaki shorts and them sandals and white socks pulled up to his knees, and my brother's wearing those shorts with no lotion on his knees, this could be social suicide. Like, I have to think about my future in high school. You know, it's so funny. When you're a teenager, you're really that fickle. Like, the stupidest things you worry about. And so I was like, oh, no, no, we don't have to go to Tacoma Mall. You know, that's way out there. You know, I know there's a mall somewhere out here a little bit closer, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we can go to, I think it was either Lacey Mall or Olympia Mall. There's a mall somewhere over there. I don't know what it's called, but there was a mall closer to his house. And I was like, perfect. You know, we can go there. I won't know anybody. I don't have any money anyway, so it's not like I can buy anything. So really, he's going to the mall, and we're just walking with him. And so I was like, okay, crisis averted. Perfect. So we get in the truck. He has the ZZ Tops blasting again. Just now, fortunately for me, I, I listen, I, I did the ZZ Tops for the first few days, and I said, okay, I've had enough. I've had enough. I brought my CD player, and at the time, music was really, really good at that time. Usher's Confessions had just come out the week before, and Janet Jackson's Demita Joe album had just come out that week. So I was like, good, let me put my little CD player on. I had this little red, um, I don't remember the brand. Was it Panasonic? I had this little red Panasonic CD player with the shock thing so he could hit all the bumps he wanted, and my CDs wouldn't skip. Oh, yeah, so I was jamming my little CD player with my headphones while him and my brother were rocking out to ZZ Tops. Like, my brother was just having a good time. Like, that's the good thing about my younger brother. He has a very... Um, his personality is very inviting. He can get along with anybody. I'm kind of the opposite. I'm real over analytical all the time, and it takes me a minute to open up to people. But my brother is like super, super cool. Like if you ever meet him, he'll probably be your best friend. So we get to the mall, and Sam was like, "Oh, yep, I want to go to Sears. I want to check out the tool department." I said, "Oh God, okay, tool department, yay!" So we go to Sears. We're in Sears for two hours. Two hours looking at tools. Sears is not even that big of a store. And the tool department section is like five or six racks. That's it. Because, you know, they got Sears has appliances and the lawnmowers and, and, and dryers and all the other stuff. And they got the tool department. And then they also sell clothes and everything else like that. And so I'm like, why are we here this long? And so we were there for like two hours because he was trying to find some kind of power drill that he really wanted. And we stayed in that store the whole time. And he didn't really want us to stray away too far from where he was. So we could pretty much kind of stay in that area with him. And so, man, I found that shoe department and sat down. I was so bored. I, I, I think that's when I had Snake on my phone. So I probably played Snake for a good 30, 40 minutes. And then Marcus wanted to start fighting me because he wanted to play Snake too. But um, look, you're going to have to wait till I'm done. Man, that was back when cell phones had a good battery life. I had this Nokia. I don't remember what it was. I just remember it was a gray Nokia. Man, that phone... You could charge that phone on a Tuesday and use it up until Thursday morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. That was a good phone. Anyway, after our residency in Sears, Sam was ready to go. And I'm standing like, wait a minute. You don't have us come out to this mall and all we're going to do is go to the tool department in Sears and then we're going to leave? That's it? You know what? Okay. I, I had to start thinking about my summer. Like, okay, well, I don't want to argue with this man. I, I have to cause no problems because if Sam says that I was a great, great great guest my mother will think that i'm responsible and you know i'm respectful and i i didn't cause any problems so if she goes to visit my father again in the summer i might actually get to stay home by myself so you know it's, it's okay sam okay okay yeah i'm i'm ready to go too uh-huh. let's go and so i remember we left and 
We went to Dairy Queen. I was so happy we had some real food, something other than barbecue. <laughs> Dairy Queen being real food. But we had the Dairy Queen, went through the drive through We're driving home. Out of nowhere, he whips this U-turn. And I'm grabbing onto the door and, and stumping my foot in the floor and, you know, hitting that invisible brake. Like, what, what's going on? And he, ooh, I almost forgot to get some ice cream for Gertie. I said, did you almost kill us for ice cream for the dog? What? So we go back. Go all the way back to the drive-thru. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I forgot to get some ice cream from my hound dog. I'm like, okay, Hank Hill. All right. Okay. Interesting day. And then Sam had a friend who had a dog named Bogard. And Bogard was, I don't remember what breed of dog it was, because Gertie was a hound dog or a basset hound. And his friend's dog, Bogard, I don't know what it was, but Bogard was 165 pounds. That dog was huge. And so I remember we had both got home. Or like me, Sam, my brother got home and his friend had came by with, with, with Bogard. And then, you know, Gertie and Bogard, they played in the backyard. And they were like, oh, why don't you guys go ahead and walk him, take him for a walk if you guys want to. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, let's take the dogs for a walk. Including the dog that I just met that's bigger than me. And this other dog that really doesn't like me. Yeah, this should be fun. So, you know, me and my brother, we go and we walk these dogs. And... Gertie and my brother are just having this great walk. You know, Gertie's very trained. That was the other thing. Sam would always say, like a lady, Gertie. Every time he would give Gertie, like, a cookie or or something. Like, Gertie was very well trained with Sam. You know, like a lady, Gertie. Like a lady, Gertie. Every single time. Like, if he, like even when he got Gertie the ice cream from Dairy Queen. And, you know, Gertie was ready to just, just go crazy. Ah, ah, ah. Like a lady, Gertie. Then Gertie would calm down and just eat the ice cream all cordial. I'm like, okay. So, Marcus and Gertie, it's, it's a smooth walk. Bogart doesn't know me from jump. So, Bogart is already, Bogart weighs more than me. Bogart is pulling and tugging me all down the neighborhood. And, and, and then I'm trying to walk with my CD player, too, and still listen to my music. Bogart done had me trip over my own foot out and drop the CD player. The CD player done broken in half, and then my CD done rolled all down the street. Thank God it wasn't the Janet CD and it wasn't the Usher CD. At the time, I think I had the band's album. Remember the band from making the band with, like, Ness and Babs and all them? Yeah, it was that Too Hot for TV album. I swear that's the one that was in it that was rolling. I had to go run and get that. And, uh, yeah. Staying at Mr. Sam's house just showed me that people live very, very different lives. Something I found really interesting was that Sam and his friend would have watch parties for the dog shows that were on Animal Planet. And they would sit there and watch this mess for hours. So I remember we had brought the dogs back from the... The walk that they had been on, you know, I'm all beat up and arms are sore and everything. And Bogart was pulling me. And listen, don't let a squirrel or a raccoon or something or a bird run past, because then Bogart, whoo, 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 and, and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Bogart required me to have to have like both arms and really plant my feet and yank him back like he was a damn horse. That dog was big as I don't know what. Bogart was actually cool though. I like Bogart a little bit more than Gertie, because Bogart. If I wasn't walking Bogard, Bogard was cool. Bogard just was hard to control when you walked him. But Bogard was really mild-mannered in comparison to Gertie that just hopped and ran and jumped all damn day. Now, you should have seen when Bogard tried to hump Gertie. Now, that was some shit there because Bogard almost lost his life. Gertie wasn't having it. But anyway, back to this animal dog show. And so they would sit here and watch the dog show. And I mean, this thing is three hours long. I was thinking, wow, people sit and watch this all day? Three, four hours, best in the show. And I mean, Mr. Sam and his friend would sound just like the judges. I mean, they would critique how the dogs were walking, whether or not the dogs were groomed. Did the dog jump through the hoop? Did the dog go through the obstacle course the right way? Man, I was sitting there looking at them so crazy the whole time. And then the most interesting thing was Bogard and Gertie would sit right in front of the TV and watch it too. Am I crazy? 
Everybody in this house seems to be enjoying this except for me. I really just want to watch Boston Public. And then it would go off and it'd say, coming up next, an encore of the Australian. I'm like, nope, I'm not watching this. I'm going upstairs. I tell you, people love their dogs. I guess I'll understand when I finally get my own. And so one other thing that happened while we were there, I remember I was laying down, had to be maybe eight in the morning. And Marcus was already up. So Marcus and Gertie are in the other room just playing. This Gertie finally isn't watching me sleep. So I'm in my room. Knocked out. And I just hear this loud crash. Like, Kush! I was like, what is that? I get up. I go and I look in the room where Marcus is just to make sure Marcus is good. Marcus and Gertie, somehow they've knocked this entire big giant mirror off the wall. And it's shattered into like five. Well, it's not really shattered. It's broken into like five pieces. And then there's a piece of the mirror that's shattered. And Marcus is just looking at me dumbfounded. Gertie's, you know, tail just wagging. And I'm looking at Marcus like, you will not be the reason that I do not get to enjoy some time during my summer by myself at the house without having to go to some kind of babysitter like I'm five years old. I'm going back to sleep, and you better figure this out right now how you're going to solve this one because you're on your own. And, and, and Sam was at work at the time, so it was really just three of us there. And so I was thinking, you nope, not. I'm going right back to sleep. And so I just tried to pretend I couldn't see anything. But Marcus, what he did was he just took the big mirror and he hid it under the bed. Because this was the room that he was staying in where the, the mirror fell. And so Marcus hid that mirror under that bed. <laughs> Hot mess. You know the worst thing about this whole trip? My mother only called two times out of that whole nine days. She wasn't even thinking about us. She was with her man. And, and it's so funny because I always tell my brother... He had it so much better than I did by the time he was a teenager because at that point my parents were older so they didn't have the same energy for the nonsense that they had for me. So half the time they were nonchalant about everything. He got away with more because when he was my age, like when he hit 15, 16, he got to have a spring break all by himself. My parents went to California and he had the house to himself. I was like, wait a minute, y'all didn't do that for me when I was 15 or 16. Y'all had me over at the mushroom farm and you let Marcus stay by himself? Okay. At this point, I think I was in college, so it was like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't even matter at this point. And it's funny because that karma came back around because Marcus decided he was going to throw a party at the time that he, you know, had his spring break by himself because my parents went to California for, you know, about a, a good week. And Marcus decided to throw a party on that Saturday because my parents told him that they were going to be back on Sunday. Really, they were trying to get him caught up. They showed up on Saturday and they pulled up at the house and it's all kind of cars and stuff. I said, dang, Marcus, now you're supposed to listen. I'm not trying to tell you anybody who's listening who's a teenager how to do things incorrectly, but if you're going to throw a party when your parents go out of town, you're supposed to throw the party within two or three days of them first leaving. And you have to call them on a landline. That way, you know they're where they say they're supposed to be. That way they can't show up and get you caught up later. Silly kids. I tell you what, though. I got Marcus back really good with the whole ball-headed hoe comment because he thought I forgot about that mirror that he broke at Mr. Sam's house. So, you know, at this point, after we've gone back home and spring break is over, and it wasn't as terrible as I thought it would be. It was just very uneventful, and it was long. It was a very, very long nine days. It's kind of crazy because it, it, it just dragged on and dragged on. And it wasn't terrible, it was just uneventful, you know, because all my friends, they were having their parties and game nights and going to Denny's and everybody used to hang out at the Y at late night because that was the place to be because it had an open gym and everything like that. And I didn't get to do none of that. I had to st- just stay in the house the whole time. It was terrible. But um, there was some situation where, I don't know, maybe I said another bad word or something and Marcus was trying to snitch again, couldn't wait to run upstairs and tell mom. 
Uh, I don't mean to be a tattletale mom, but... Michael said, and I don't even remember what it was, so he tells my mom whatever I said, and my mom goes, What? Michael, get up here! And I'm thinking, no, he didn't. Did he? Oh, that's fine. I have insurance today. This would be great. And so my mom, what did you say? Did you get... And I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, see, this boy is going to mess up my summer. Because in my head, I'm just thinking, I know she's going to visit this man again in the summer. I'm going to get my week to have the house to myself during the summer. Absolutely not. So Marcus is trying to tell mom whatever happened. I said, mom, I don't know what Marcus is talking about. But did Marcus tell you that he broke Mr. Sam's mirror? And Marcus's face just dropped. It was so good. Because the thing is, at that time, because I was a teenager, Marcus was only eight or nine. He was in that phase where he loved to get the big brother in trouble because I was the one that didn't get in that much trouble. But when I did get in trouble, it was always the end of the world for me. And so, you know, his mouth just dropped wide open. And I was like, yes, as a matter of fact, mother, you should call Mr. Sam now. Ask him if there's a mirror that's missing from the guest bedroom. And then if he says yes, I think you should ask him to check under the bed. You know, from what I understand, it's broken into a few pieces. Hmm. Just, you know, inquiring minds would want to know. So you might want to call Mr. Sam and ask. Anyway, I'm going back downstairs to finish my homework. And oddly enough, that mess worked. I have never been in a position where if my parents were confronting me about something, I could just change the subject and then go back to minding my business. That crap would never work. I could never even walk off or be like the kids on the sitcoms that run up the stairs when they get pissed off. Never could happen to me. That's why I used to get pissed off back in the day on that show Roseanne when Becky used to always be pissed off and run up the stairs. I was like, wait a minute. Whose parents let them do that? Because one time I was seven, I had this frog that I captured and I named him Spike like the dog off Rugrats. And me and Spike were real tight for a good three days. Spike was hopping and jumping and everything like that and you know I, I guess I just wasn't feeding Spike I had him in a little pickle jar can with some holes cut in the top and I put some little rocks out of the fish tank in there and some water and Spike was chilling and then one day my parents I don't know I guess I just forgot I had Spike <laughs> I don't know and one day my mom was like have you gone and checked on your little frog lately and I went in the garage and checked that jar the water was brown Spike was upside down <laughs> oh I was pissed so I came I stormed back in the house tears just tears flowing mad and you know i'm walking to my room and my dad was like michael come back michael come back and i i try to be like the little white kids on the sitcom that run up the stairs when they get pissed off at their parents and i try to do that and i didn't even get but 10 steps and my dad bring your butt back downstairs you know i had to turn back around he's like when i call you but you don't be running off what's wrong with you and i was like oh lord so anyway I was really excited that this was like the first time I was able to just walk off. And I walked off boss style. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go finish my homework. And I went on back downstairs. I was smiling. Man, I listened to my mom call Mr. Sam. And he confirmed everything. And Sam didn't even realize the picture wasn't on the wall. Because I guess he doesn't go in that room. So when he confirmed that that mirror was under that bed and it was broken. Oh, victory. It felt redemption. (laughs) It was so good. Marcus was livid with me, but I was looking at him like, yep, uh uh-huh, want to be a snitch, huh? Two can play that game. So that was my experience at what I like to call the mushroom farm. You know, the the smell still lingers with me today. I still remember exactly what it smells like. But to be honest, Mr. Sam was a really cool guy. Really cool guy. He's still a good friend of my mom today. He actually moved back to Kansas City and everything like that. Um, But at the time, it's just I didn't want to stay there. My mother was always notorious for just dropping me into all kind of random things. It was always that where I had to stay somewhere weird, or it was always holidays and Thanksgiving where she would make all the kids come to my room because my room was just the fun place to be. 
couldn't stand it, especially if it were little kids. I'd be 13 thinking I was grown, and then there would be some kid that was 9 or 10, and she'd be like, oh, well, Michael, he's about your age. Go and let him upstairs and play in your room. And then, man, it'd be 50 kids in my room. They done tore up everything and messed up all my stuff. Then i get cussed out because my room ain't clean. I'm like, you know what? Okay. And my family even does that today. The fact that they know that I work with children, they think that that means that I always want to be around children all the time. So don't let it be some kind of family gathering. Oh, you know, Cousin Michael, he work with kids. Y'all go on and hang with Cousin Michael. Y'all gonna have a good time. No, we're not, man. These kids is bad as hell. <laughs> anyway, that's my podcast. Look out for the next one on May 1st. Some of you guys were saying that you would rather I do one every week. Listen, I'm kind of booked. They got a lot going on, but I, I will see. We'll see how this goes. I think that might be a little over the top because I still have the YouTube channel going as well. But we shall see. As far as the YouTube channel, if you want to follow me on YouTube, just look up Calvin Michaels. I'm there. Um, you can also follow me on Spotify. My album, Symphonic Euphoria, is on there. And I think that's all I'm going to promote for today. Anyway, I'm out. And until next time.